Welcome to the Recovery Mile, a podcast where we discuss all things substance use and mental health from a professional, practical, and personal perspective. My name is Tommy Morris, Director of Business Development at 12 Oaks Recovery. So with me today, I have a special guest. I have Kim Warren in here, and she's going to be sharing her story, her recovery story with us today. So Kim, go ahead and, and kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. You can start with way back in the day, or you can start with kind of what you do now and then and then start back however you want to do it. Okay. Well, I am Kim Warren. I am originally from upstate New York, but I have lived down south most of my adult life, That's right. which has made me... From what I understand, people tell me I sound like I'm from the Midwest with the two (laughs) mixed. That's the blend? That's the blend. That's what happens. Nice. So I have what's called generalized anxiety disorder, GAD, GAD. And because of that, partially because of that and some other things, it led me to want to become a counselor. And then I ended up married to someone in the army and I just kind of fell into some family therapy on on base. And then I said, okay, because I started out as a teacher. I'm crazy. I'm all (laughs) over the place. So I started as a teacher, but I I always knew I wanted, I really wanted to be a psych nurse practitioner, but I couldn't pass inorganic and organic chemistry. So that went out the door. No way. (laughs) I I could not do it. No. So I always knew psych stuff was what I wanted, but when I freaked out over that, not passing that, I said, I'll be a teacher. So I did that for a little while. I taught kindergarten and then I decided, nah, I I, got to go back into the, into the counseling. So that's what I did. And what kind of brought me, I think always wanted to do that was because I did always struggle with pretty significant anxiety. And as I got older and talking to my family and, and when I started getting diagnosed and knowing that's kind of what was going on, my mom used to laugh because she'd say, you were always anxious. I, we just didn't know what it was. And so even as a child, yeah. and I was the oldest, I was two and a half years older than my brother, you know, he, she'd let him climb a tree and I'd say, don't let him do that. He's going <laughs> to fall and break his leg and arm and maybe die, you know, and she, yeah. and then she wasn't having her five-year-old tell her what was going to happen. So she'd let him <laughs> do it. And she'd say, I probably let him do way too much because right. I, you weren't going to tell me what he was going to do. So you were the helicopter. It wasn't helicopter <laughs> mom, was heli- it was helicopter sister. sister. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And so I always was like that, though. And I would come up with the absolute worst case scenario. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. I would have these dreams mm. that, you know, and they'd feel so real. And it would be all about my family and like, uh, you know, I mean, ridiculous. So like someone would talk about, let's go out on a boat. And then I'd think the perfect storm was coming and we were all going to die. You know what I mean? Wow. Like I couldn't, I you could couldn't never enjoy anything, enjoy right? anything wow. really. But I fake, I could fake it. So I'm considered like uh, introverted extrovert. Okay. So I come off like... Fake it. Fake it till you make it. It's my motto a lot yeah. of times. So it was it was hard for people who didn't really know me to know that was, you know, going on. Could go to a party. I could, you know, go to the movies, whatever, and act like I'm having a really good time. But my brain was constantly going, mm. spinning, 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 and coming up with absolute worst case scenarios, right? Wow. But this was... I'm almost 48. So this is, you know, this started 40 plus years ago. Wow. They didn't back then look at children especially and say oh mental health you know there's something going on with her mental health you know i mean people back then a lot of times were still just put in a hospital you know they were really considered crazy that you know it wasn't until much later people started talking about different anxiety disorders um you know and then 
and then we got into the ADD and ADHD that got a little bit probably too diagnosed. But, right. you know, I was not in that no, in that generation. We were in a realm where, as a child, you either it was either considered you just had behavioral problems. Yep. Or you were certifiable to the point that you needed to be put into a hospital yeah, somewhere. There, were, there was no r- real in-between, right? Exactly. There was not a real in-between. So, so you know, and, and because of that, because it really wasn't talked about, my parents didn't really think like, hey, maybe we should put her in counseling. Yeah. You know, so just a, just a different time than yeah. it is now. Um, but with generalized anxiety disorder, I mean, really, once I was, I was 19 before they um, actually diagnosed me. And when I did, you know, all of the different kind of questionnaires and um, everything for that, I, I was like, hit every single one. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so by my late teenage years, 19-ish, I started to get panic attacks, bad panic attacks. And um, a lot of times they'd happen driving. So I would be driving. Yeah. I would be driving down the road and just pure panic. And if, if you've never had a panic attack, they do feel like maybe you're having a heart attack. You cannot breathe. I mean, you're sweating. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's so physical, you yeah. know, that um, I would have to pull over to the side of the road and then sit there crying, can't breathe. Of course, crying. Now I'm making it worse, you know. <laughs> and um, so finally, I would go running to my doctor too, because I would sit. I didn't realize I did this, but I would sit and my shoulders would be up to my ears. So mm. tense all the time. And I'd go run into my doctor and this poor woman i swear she thank god she did love me and i'd say i think i have cancer <laughs> and she'd be like well why what do you, why do you think that and then i would say well i have a lump on the back of my neck well honey yes you have a lump on the back of your neck and that is because you're sitting so tense that that's all your muscles are balled up now that's crazy um you know i mean i i would think i was having heart attacks because yeah. i was having these panic attacks and so i thought i had you know a heart attack every other day my stomach hurt i thought i needed my appendix out like again oh, it all went to yeah what the worst very case extreme is. yes yeah wow then i decided i went to college for my first two years at home but i knew i didn't want to stay there yeah so i decided to transfer to ecu in north carolina okay go pirates so on the whole drive there i threw up the entire entire way no way. all anxiety you know all wow. anxiety but that was a huge milestone for me because i did that on my own i didn't yeah. know a single soul down there not a soul and taking that step was one of the big steps for me to start realizing that there are coping skills there are ways that you know there is medication medication management's okay yeah you know because i was totally on my own i didn't have parents to fall back on i didn't have a brother to worry about you know while i was right there so it was it it ended up being one of the best things i did for myself but on the way there i couldn't stop throwing up right you know so Now, my dad, generalized anxiety disorder, they they typically think there's heredity or trauma. Mm. I probably had a little of both. Um, Definitely my father, I I loved the man, but he had a lot of mental health stuff going on. But again, you know, he'd be in his 70s right now. So again, back then, you know, nobody really did much about it. He was your typical father in the 80s that just worked. Worked, 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 right. money, 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 never home, really. But when he was home, you know, God forbid somebody put some onions 
in the tomato sauce and mm. it was you got it thrown at you mm. um you know i used to say I had cat-like reflexes because you know <laughs> you didn't know what was coming at yeah. you you know there was a bottle of cheese whiz that came at me one day and i just moved out of the way and it hit the wall and then you know i said well you're wow. cleaning that up which would <laughs> make you <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but he was definitely undiagnosed i i believe there was a personality disorder there mm. plus a lot of anxiety one of my big decision makers to help me make my decision to move to North Carolina was he attempted suicide twice back wow. to back. And I was, of course, now me, I was 19, already right. going through all of my stuff. And I realized I got to go. Yeah. I got to go. I can't, you know, this is going to kill me. Like the worry, yeah. you know, and everything is going to kill me. And there's something easier about removing yourself from the day to day. Oh, yeah. You know, so just something to me new, like, I can't do this. You know, ironically, later in life, once I had kids, he followed me all over the place until he passed away. No kidding. Uh-huh. But <laughs> by that wild. point, I learned how to deal with it. Yeah. You know, I was a real adult <laughs> at that point. <laughs> So I learned how to deal with that. But yeah, there was a lot of chaos, you know, a lot of stuff. And I, I do think there was the heredity piece and then never mm. knowing what was going to come flying at you. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> to, you know, helped along with that anxiety. Yeah, that would definitely create that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So it, at 19, they fir- the first thing they ever put me on was Boost Bar. And then I actually was um, given Xanax. Okay. Uh, never, ever, ever abused Xanax ever. Thank God. Yeah. A, a 30-day supply lasts me a year, you know, th- because again with, with my anxiety just knowing i had it if i needed it mm. would calm me down okay like a so, little like a little safety blanket like, like that, it's there like it's it, there if i need it yeah an emergency break glass right right, right. Like, I, I got yeah. it yeah so, you know, luckily that worked. Then as the years have gone on, they've tried everything under the sun. So I tr- I've done Wellbutrin. I've mm. done Paxil. I've done Prozac. You know, yeah. part of my thing, too, is I don't have a lot of depression with it. Mm. So a lot of people think like, oh, depression, anxiety. Yes, a lot. Uh, they go they tend hand to go in hand, hand in hand. Right, yeah. But usually one's a primary, right? Yeah. So mine's for sure anxiety. And again, I count myself so lucky that I didn't have any major depression depression with that yeah do i have situational sure do i have days i don't want to get out of bed of course right. you know but debilitating um depression i've never had yeah and and again i'm so thankful for that so i want to real quick you know it's interesting that you brought up the different meds that you've been on because i think sometimes somebody can get put on a med and it doesn't work right away and they just want to give up right mm-hmm. like well this obviously meds aren't the answer and they don't realize that maybe it's just a different med like sometimes it takes a little time to figure out what's going to work for you the right. same med doesn't work for every single person exactly. right? exactly so yeah. exactly and sometimes they wear off right you know sometimes yeah, you, you take it long enough or and whatever so you build up tolerance or whatever mm-hmm. yeah, you, yeah and um so i did that for a lot of years And then finally, so in my 30s, I actually ended up with some fractures in my back. Mm. And um, so I I do have a little bit of chronic pain with that. It was a long road, story for another day. But they eventually, after, you know, again tried this, that, and the other, put me on Cymbalta. Because Cymbalta not only was going to help combat some of the anxiety, but also it helps with pain. So a lot of fibromyalgia people, you yeah. know, take it and stuff like that. It, it worked. I nice. mean, not only did my pain decline, but my anxiety was much better as well. However, for a long time, Cymbalta did not have any generic component to it, so it was pretty expensive. Mm. And I was 100% single mother. Right. So um, it got... To the point one day where it was like summertime, 
again, I, I was actually a, the like lead clinical person at, at the place I previously worked at. So I know better. But <laughs> I decided, um, well, it's it's expensive. And I mean, I got my coping skills down. And, yeah. I mean, I do this every day, right? <laughs> so I didn't take it. Decided that that, that was what was going to go, yeah. you know? So I don't tell a soul, not a soul. Oh, man. So as the summer pro- goes on, my children, I, I was dating someone at the time. They're all like, what? What? What's wrong with you? You know, mm. like, wh- who is this person? Like, we've never met this person before. And I, and I, I blamed everybody else. What are you talking about? That's <laughs> your problem. Like, I, you know me. You've known me all these years. You know, I'm your mother. Right. What are you talking changed. about? I haven't changed at all. <laughs> well, my brain, I guess, wasn't realizing that. There went my anxiety up, 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 up. And mm. so, yes, the constant worry, almost paranoia. Where are you going? What are you doing? Like s- uh, things that are not like me. I'm not like that. You know, don't drive. Don't go driving tonight. I'm I'm, I'm afraid you're going to get in a car accident. Like, what why are you, are you micromanaging what? me what? all yeah, of a sudden? What is what going happened? on with you? Like, they don't know this person. Right. Still, I blame everybody else. Yeah. That is not my problem. So fast forward towards the end of the summer and I go to the doctor and he said, oh, do you need your prescriptions? I said, no, nah, I quit taking them. And he said, what? And, oh, man. Yeah. And he said, no, ma'am, <laughs> you know better. He said, why didn't you call me? Got your hands slapped. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, well, I couldn't really afford it. And he, and he said, OK, I get it. It's a little expensive, but a generic brand's coming out in a few months. I have samples, Kim. <laughs> so he gave me samples. I went back on it. Suddenly, a few weeks goes by and I'm no- my normal self and the kids and <laughs> And the boyfriend are like, okay, like, what was this, like, some weird summer? Like, cruel summer? Like, what happened? (laughs) Right. So finally I said, well... I didn't take my, I didn't take my meds. (laughs) Oh, you fessed up. Yeah, I fessed up. So, (laughs) (laughs) so actually we moved down here and my daughter's here with me and a friend of hers is saying, your mom is so cool and awesome. And she's helped me a lot with my own anxiety and And my daughter, so serious, so serious, looks at her friend and said, you've never met no med mom. Oh my god, I'll never do that again. I promise. I don't want to be known as no men mom. (laughs) So, you know, lesson learned in my 30s, like I was late 30s at that point, that no, never do that again. This is neat. I need it. My body, my brain. You know, they they think, I know that they're looking at some studies that they think that people with major anxiety, especially GAD, um, maybe something goes, isn't quite connected right or whatever in the frontal lobe. Like Mm. it's, you know, one question. So if you need it, if you need that help, that it's okay. That's my opinion. You know, if you need something that helps you get through your day without panicking constantly without right putting you know thinking the worst thing that could possibly happen is going to happen first off what if it does you know in your brain it's like okay what if it does i can't do anything about it i can't change it like there's nothing i can do i don't know the future i don't you know the last month of worrying doesn't actually cushion the blow right right? you waste so much time but you can't stop that's the crazy part about it like it wakes you up at night i mean you go to bed thinking like good i'm gonna sleep eight hours no you didn't you slept two because right. the rest of the night you were up with every worst case scenario going through your right. head you yeah. know it's just it's it, it sucks yeah. you know and so prior to working here 
I never worked really with people with substance abuse. I've mm. always done mental health okay. for people with disabilities. And so, you know, coming here, this was new. It was new for me. But then, you know, so many people are dual diagnosed, you know, oh, yeah. and time. so many people do have some sort of anxiety. And it's like when you're if when you have anxiety and you're talking to somebody else who has it, it's like ping, ping, ping. It's like ping pong. <laughs> right? It's like p- bouncing out of you, them, me, you know, and whatever. And you know, so... <laughs> Your anxiety ping pong. Exactly. So, (laughs) you know, but it has opened my heart like to so many people too. Is like they come down and they sit down. I see the legs going and that you know, and and I'll just tell them, oh my gosh, I know where you are. Like I've been there. That makes a huge difference, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? When you talk to people and they know that for you, it's not something out of a textbook, right? right? It is something you've lived. You're able to speak into their life in a whole other level. Right. You know? Right. Because so many people here, and it's amazing. So many people here that work here are in recovery. Yeah. You great. know, and it's amazing. And I think, you know, I mean, we have people who can run AA and NA and, and everything. It's it's awesome. But we don't have as many with mental health or who it, who talk about it. Yeah. So it, it has been nice because then we do have this new mental health component or these people who are dual diagnosed. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm able to be open about it and them sit in my office and us go back and forth, suddenly they say, oh, it was nice to have somebody say they, know, they understand this yeah. part of what I'm going through yeah. too. Well, the beauty of your story too, to go back to something you talked about earlier was that when you when you made the not so wise decision to <laughs> stop your meds and become nomad mom <laughs> hashtag nomad mom will be using that but when you made that decision you you said that you know you had developed coping skills and you were reliant upon those so you you're actually able to speak to both of those right mm-hmm. to because you you see the benefits of the coping skills and all those things that you had to learn, but then you also saw that you needed this extra component of a med to go right. with it. You know, and a lot of times, you know, people think I just want to do coping skills, right? right? I don't want to be on meds, right. or it's, or I want the magic just give pill. Me a, yeah, just give me a magic pill to fix this. Yeah. I don't want to do any of the work, right? But the truth is, is that it takes both. It completely or it can. Takes you know, both. you you may not need the med, but you definitely need the coping. Regardless, you, you need, need the, the co- you the, need those need coping the work, skills. Right. Yeah, and and for me those tend to be like uh grounding techniques um, yeah. and meditation and deep breathing you know things that are going to bring my heart rate down because i can get tachycardia yeah. you know just mm. from being so anxious yeah, so that's what i was going to ask you is is now that you continue on your meds <laughs> and we're not going to do that again what are your you know i was gonna ask you what your kind of daily coping skills are you know that help you come down when you're starting to feel anxious so my biggest one is self-talk yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for me, again, everybody's going to be different. But for right. me, personally, I'm constantly, there's a voice in my head constantly. It's my own. <laughs> but there is. <laughs> um, and so when I'm it's good able. To know it's your own. <laughs> <laughs> so when you see me, you know, talking, it's to me talking to myself. Wait, I have a question though, real quick. Um, Does your voice in your head have a New York accent, a Southern <laughs> accent, or a Midwestern accent? <laughs> Uh, it's a little more southern. Really? It's a little more southern because it's calmer. Wow. Yeah. Talks yeah. a little slower. Talks a little, a little slower. Oh, yeah. man. Funny oh, story real quick. Interesting. When I moved first to North Carolina, yeah. and um, my mom called, and we were talking, of course, no cell phones back. This is 1993. <laughs> and we're talking, and she said, well, how is it? Whatever. I go, it's so weird. You walk into a store, and they ask you how you are, and I think they actually mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I 
because you know (laughs) they you know people act like you're bugging me isn't this your job right yeah (laughs) right i was like i think they mean it it's awesome (laughs) you know i'd be booking the class and somebody would be like slow down and i'm like "Ah, i gotta get to class right calm down nobody runs the class (laughs) not in the south we were slow moving we talk slow move slow yeah so there's a little southern voice in my head all right so self self talk with southern kim with southern kim in there exactly but I am able to get myself to calm down a little bit by just saying, like, uh, look, kind of what I was saying before. What can you do about it? Mm. You can't change anything right now. Yeah. The chances of that happening are so low, you know. And just kind of having that that voice and, ta- and talking to myself literally brings that all, everything mm. down a little bit. And so once everything starts going down, my heart rate starts coming down. Yeah. I mean, my sweating, I'll sweat, yeah. sweat like crazy. You know, like <laughs> I start getting all nervous or whatever, and I'm yeah. like pouring. Uh, Oh, man. I mean, and then hitting menopause did not help with that. <laughs> you have a fan in your office? I you have good? two. You know, okay, I, was, I have two fans. You need me to office. hit you some? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. I mean, and menopause, the other problem with that, too, is oh, now that I've hit that, Correct. is that has that heightened anxiety as well. So, you know, it's, mm. it's an ebb and flow. Yeah. You know, there are certain times when. I feel good. Yeah. You know, like I, I think like I got this. I do my self-talk. I do a lot of deep breathing. Okay. Do some meditating. Yeah. I do five, four, three, two, one. You know, like uh, I tend to do for senses, like, you know, five things I can see, four things I can hear, three mm. things. Again, it helps bring some of that stuff down. Yeah. But, you know, there's t- there's times where I don't have to do that a whole lot of times. Um, this time of year, this is a high anxiety time of year yeah. for me. So... I'm finding myself doing a lot more self-talking, yeah. um, a lot more deep breathing. I'm trying to meditate before bed because I'm starting to have some of that mind racing yeah. during bedtime. You know, and I'm always, I, I love being here too, because again, I could have somebody sit in my office and say, you know, it works for me. And then I try it and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Mm, that's, that's helping cool. me too. Yeah. You know, so, but it really does. It kind of just ebbs and flows. Yeah. You know, sometimes that means learning some more coping skills. Sometimes that means it's situational. For me right now, it's situational and I know right. that. Now, again, this is stuff, remember I just said, turning 48 in July. So this is, I got diagnosed at 19. Right. Dealt with it my whole life. So, I mean, these are a lot of years of practice. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah. You know, so, um, and a lot of years of trial and error. Yeah. So, but being older there's some good things to being older i'm starting to feel that yeah like i've been feeling that lately i'm like you know what it's Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) and you know it's funny too is when i turned 40 i was i mean i wasn't too crazy about oh i'm 40 but there's a there's still that little like oh 40 right i'm like dang really (laughs) but i remember i turned 40 and i said nothing changed (laughs) you know like I mean, it wasn't this weird, crazy thing happened. Right. I'm just 40. But then my brain started being like, you're 40. You don't have to put up with anybody's stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're 40. You're a real adult. Oh, you know, like nothing. I can't wait to see you as 70. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so there was something to be said about that, even with my anxiety, that I kind of started walking a little, yeah. you know, higher, a little, tall, a little yeah. taller. You know, like kind of like, what? 
I've lived real life. What right? are you talking about? I'm 40. Right? You I've know? been in the trenches. <laughs> right? I don't have to be anxiety, anxious about this. I know right. what's up. I've lived this. Exactly. Right? So, you know, I mean, there's certain things in life that yeah. do help kind of change it. Yeah. You know, I'm sure if I would have gone through my dad passing away, my cousin who was a sister to me and my mother passing away relatively near each other, you know, I was in my 30s and 40s, yeah. 30s for dad, 40s for them. It might have put me in a very different place. Mm. if I was younger. Yeah. You know, I mean, so there is something to be said about dealing with this for as long as I have. Right. Um, and just learning myself. Because that's a big thing, too. I had, to, I had to get to know myself. Yeah. And, that, and again, life happens. I went through a very crazy divorce. I went through yeah. a, a kind of crazy story. But as I said earlier, I don't tend to get extremely anxious when it's me. Yeah. It's about other, other people. people usually. Yeah. And so people couldn't believe I made it through some of the stuff I made it through. You know, <laughs> right. they were like, how did you make it through that? <laughs> you know, but it was me. I had to. And right. I had two kids I had to take care of, you know. But those things I'm grateful for yeah. now because mm. they have made me who I am. And they did teach me that, like, things happen and it's still not the end of the world. And the world yeah. keeps spinning and everybody keeps moving. Yep. And, you know, and so... Again, that's taken 30 years of life, you know, to kind of figure that out. And then there's the days like now that it's absolutely out of my control. I am having these breakthroughs just because it's the time of year that it is. Yeah. But again, I know that about myself, so I'm able to deal with that. That's the thing. Like you've, you've built the skills up enough so that preemptively leading up to a week like this, Mm-hmm. You know, you're already preparing yourself. You're already implementing the skills right. that you've learned, you know, and it's it's not doesn't mean it's going to make the week perfect, but right. better than, mm-hmm. you know, if you didn't have all of this. Absolutely. And I'm a so. big believer in being proactive. Yeah. So, when, you know, and, and somebody who's just starting out, someone's listening who's like, man, I just got diagnosed with anxiety and mm-hmm. it is you know, doing this to me. You're not going to be where I'm at right now. I yeah. mean, it takes a, it takes a long time, but just know. You're not alone. Yeah. And it does get better. Right. It right. really does. Not overnight. Nope. But it does. But it does. Yeah. So do you find do you find that being in a position now where you're able to give back and help others, is that also helpful for you? Oh, in, absolutely. In There's a selfish piece to that. <laughs> for sure. I mean, yeah. I think mm-hmm. if we're all honest, we have yeah. to admit that, yeah. Yeah. It's there. For sure. <laughs> you know, when, you, when somebody can like walk out of your office or just walk away from you feeling better because of a conversation you two just had or or you know doing a deep breathing together or something it it 100 feels better to me like there there's definitely that piece yeah i mean i think it's i think oxytocin is the Mm -hmm. the chemical that's released when you help others and Mm -hmm. there's that that sense of like camaraderie and teamwork and and working together and helping somebody right and so there is that natural reward system in us and it's good i mean i don't think we always are cognitive or realizing that 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 reward system is there and that it does benefit us when we help others and that's why i think giving back is so important absolutely that's why i just it's hard for me to envision myself doing anything where i'm not helping somebody absolutely like like this but it's it's i think for some of us it's just in us but i mean i went home from work the other day 
So I went home from work one day and I was like, ah, that was a bad day. <laughs> and then the next day I went home and I was like, I had such a good day today. But then I was like, why did I have such a good day today? But it was because I did. It was just one of those days that a lot of people had questions about mm. their own insurance or extensions or this or that. And I had a lot of interaction with clients. Uh. And some, a lot of them did walk out saying, thank you, I feel so much better, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that did make me feel, I walked home, again, I went home yeah. in such a good mood. It feels good mm-hmm. to give other people hope. It does, right? And it, it give and it and in turn it gives you gives, hope, right? Exactly, it does. Exactly, like, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah, awesome. You got anything else? Any other? Any closing thoughts or? No, I think like I said that if it does get better, but you do have to put in work. There is no yes. magic pill. Yes, and there is no you know magic coping skill either. I mean, right. you have to figure out what works for you. There is going to be trial and error. It is going to ebb and flow. Know that. Yeah. But also know that it does get better. It yeah. do, it, it it really does. And, and there are other yeah. people. You are not alone. Know that too. Yeah, community. Don't suffer by yes, yourself. Community plays a big mm-hmm. part for people like us. Even an introverted extrovert. Exactly. <laughs> right. Community <laughs> plays a big part. And don't be nomad mom. Do not be nomad mom. <laughs> do not do it. <laughs> you don't want to see your daughter tell her friend <laughs> that she doesn't know nomad mom. <laughs> That will, hands down, be the most memorable thing for me from this talk. I'll never forget it. I'll never never forget it. I never will either. And when you're 70 and you're telling people off, I'm going to ask, are you nomad mom or is this just 70? Which one? What are we doing with here? By that point, it might be a little of both. We'll probably have gone through so many meds by that point. There is none. And, yeah, I yeah. see you looking at me being like, this is all me, sweetheart. This is all me. I'm on the meds. This is just me. me. Uh-huh. I can get away with this. Exactly. Because 50 is two years away now, so I don't know what's going to be in my head. I feel like every time, right? 50, 60, 70, it's like, I make it to 80, forget it. <laughs> Watch out, world. Yeah. I think the voice in your head at that point will be New York. Yes, it will. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you coming today and sharing your story. It was it was awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, inspiring, informational, and funny. <laughs> so, well, thank you. Thank you for listening. We're dropping new episodes every Monday, as well as bonus episodes throughout the month. So be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. Also, make sure to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends. You can also find us on recoverymilepodcast.com. There you can see all the platforms that we're on, as well as stream the latest episode. You can also connect with us on social media by going to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and searching The Recovery Mile. The Recovery Mile podcast is brought to you by 12 Oaks Recovery. If you or someone you know is in need of help for substance use or mental health, please reach out to 12 Oaks Recovery at 1-800-622-1255.